second chapter, and we're going to look at verse 10. We're going to look at it out of the Amplified Version, Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10. So, Father, I thank you for the unction, the anointing, to minister your word to your precious ones tonight. Speak through me, Lord. Use my vocal cords. Think through my mind. Speak through my lips. And Lord, I'm be careful to give you all the glory and all the praise, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, created, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He has prepared ahead of time. Amen. Pay particular attention to that phrase, taking paths which He has prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. There is always a prepared place for a prepared people. Now, by failing to prepare, we prepare to fail. Now, we live in a world for the most part, where people want the final product without the process. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Let me give you some clear examples of that. Some people want the harvest without planting the seed. They want harvest, but they planted no seed. And in Mark chapter 4, we actually see the process. Now, God does do some things immediately, uh, but for the most part, we live under the law of seed time and harvest. We live under the law of sowing and reaping. Now, let's go over to Mark, and we'll look at this in, in verse 26 through verse 29. Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 26 says this, And he said, so is the kingdom of God. What kingdom are we in? We are in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is within us. King lives in you. So is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. So in other words, the seed is being planted. And then notice in verse 27, here's the process of cultivation. Here's the process of watering the seed. And should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. Now we don't have to know how God does certain things We just need to be faithful to keep the seed that we planted in the ground and water it with faith's confession and water it with praise. Amen? Amen. And then in verse 28 says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade. You need to be happy about the blade. I know you want the full corn in the ear yesterday. But I believe it's the will of God for us to be happy when the blade comes up. And even before the blade comes up. 
first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Hallelujah. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because what? The harvest has come. You have harvest on the way. If you've been faithful to sow your seed and to keep it in the ground and staying faithful to the will and to the plan of God, I prophesy to you tonight, harvest time is coming. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, I'm not saying that about you, but some people, you know, they want the harvest without planting the seed. They want the windows of heaven open without tithing. Here's another one now. Some want the product of healing or the manifestation of healing without the hearing. They want the healing. They want the miracle. But they don't necessarily want the hearing part. All right. So let's look at that verse. Look over at Luke chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 15. Some healings are immediate, some are a process. Did you know that sometimes you spell healing F-O-R-G-I-V-E? Forgive. And for some people, it's a process to forgive. Sometimes they've got to work through things. Job didn't get his final product, which was twice as much, till he forgave his friends. And prayed for his friends. Don't you know that was a process for Job? That was hard for Job to do. But thank God he did it. And as a result of him doing it, he got double. Glory to God. Anybody interested in double? So some want the product of healing without the hearing. I remember friend of ours telling us who conducted healing class down at Rama for many years and people would come in out of town to be prayed for but instead of going to the healing classes they would want to shop and they would want to go to lunch and our friend would ask him well now can you be in the service oh no we got this planned and we got that planned well they want the product but they don't want to put the effort into here Now, notice in Luke chapter 5, in verse 15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed. Dad Hagen has a, a tape or a CD now called Hear and Be Healed. Amen. If you want to be healed and stay healed, initially hear and continually hear. So they came to hear and to be healed of him of their infirmities. You are doing yourself a big favor by being in church. But you are also doing yourself a big favor by nourishing yourself up in the words of faith at home. What a blessing to be able to have all the gospel we have available to us. 
in my lands, you can watch Copeland 24 hours a day. You can watch Brenda Thomas 24 hours a day. I mean, there is word available to be heard. And the word was never intended to stay on our coffee table. The word was intended to come off the coffee table and get into our spirits. Say with me, faith comes comes by hearing hearing and hearing hearing by the word of God. Well, let's move on to another one then. Some people want the product of a tremendous relationship with a young lady or a young man without the development of that relationship. In other words, they want the honeymoon without the process. And if all marriage is, is the manifestation that you get on the honeymoon, sooner or later, the relationship is going to go south. Now, I've been around long enough and some time has passed, you know, far enough for me to talk about some things and I'm not going to say any names or anything like that. But I remember this young man, uh, he was from the East and he was a very vivacious young man, very nice young man. And uh, he wanted to marry this young, pretty Hispanic girl. And, of course, you know, uh, they dated a little bit. But I can remember him talking about, man, I just, let, let's just be honest about it. He had the hots. <laughs> he wanted the manifestation without the process. And so they hurried things along and... And, uh, you know, got married, the honeymoon happened. I think it was a month or two later, they were already done. See, people want the product without the process. It's true with ministers. People want the big church without being faithful in the little church. People want the big position without being faithful in the little position. People want the gifts of the Spirit without the character of the Spirit. And as long as there's just the product of the manifestation of the Spirit, if there is no character, sooner or later the charisma will wane. And you won't see those people very long. Like what Dad Hagen said, Years ago, back when the healing revival was happened, he saw a lot of these guys operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and it was just marvelous. It was wonderful. But some of them were as carnal as an old hoodal. Some of them were money-minded. Some of them were just, you know, carnal. And he says, when they're all gone, he said, I'll still be out there. And you know why? He said... Because I'm a sticker, stickler, and I'm sticking with the word. Glory to God. How about you? So wherever you are in life, don't despise the process. I am the man of God that I am today because of several processes over the years. So wherever you are right now, it may not seem like that there's a lot of big things and and, and great things happening. Let me remind you what the Bible says. Don't you dare despise the day of small beginnings. Amen. 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 
Now, I think that's enough of that, but let's go a step further. Y'all set? Now, in life, there are seasons of preparation. We started Sunday night with the question, are you prepared for what God has prepared for you? Are you ready for what he's made ready for you? So there's seasons of preparation. For example, how many prayer warriors we got here tonight? I believe we've got a family of prayers here. There are seasons of prayer that will prepare you for supernatural doors of utterance. Somebody says, well, I'm not sure I really understand that kind of language. A door of utterance comes as a result of you being worded up and prayed up and being in the presence of God. And as a result, you're led by the Spirit of God and you know what to say at the appropriate time. Prayer and being prepared in prayer opens doors. It connects you with the supernatural. It prepares you for divine appointments for your future. Don't take prayer casually. Purposeful, powerful prayer. It paves the way for the impossible to become possible. Did you know that prayer can be seen as a seed? The prayers that you pray today, literally, you can be praying out your future. You can pray out your future husband. Ooh, glory to God. You can pray out your future wife. You can pray out your future job. Hallelujah. You can pray out future presidents. (laughs) Oh, you can pray out certain laws being turned over. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer paves the way. I'm looking at Brenda. I am sure when she was a girl, and she is a girl, but a little girl. Young girl. Young girl. I'm sure that when she was a little girl at that altar there at Skeedy Assembly of God, where we got married July 22nd, 1977, I am sure that at that altar, she prayed out her future concerning her mate. Is that, is that right, honey? She had ample opportunity to get married. We're talking about the Pearl of Pawnee. Yeah. There's only one pearl in Pawnee. And, you know, I'm sure that um, she could have married so-and-so and and she could have married so-and-so, but it wasn't the will of God for her to marry so-and-so. It was the will of God for her to meet me and to marry me. Now, she did not, when she met me and married me, she did not get the finished product. She is still in process. <laughs> Working on it. Me and the Holy Ghost have done it. Tell it. 
<laughs> I'm saying this that it's wise to spend time in prayer. Amen. Young people, it's, it's, it's the wisdom of God to, to go into your prayer closet and pray things out ahead of time. Your mind won't always understand it. You won't always see everything right now. But one thing you will know is you'll know it by the spirit of knowing when, it, when, when it's connected to you. Hallelujah. Mm, praise the Lord. So prayer prepares you for divine appointments for your future. For supernatural relationships. And corporate prayer prepares us as a church for greater glory. It's been awesome, but it's getting awesomer. And it's going to get more awesome yet. But it doesn't come by us being lazy in prayer. It comes by us pressing in in prayer for the will of God to be done. In this place and in this area. Now another example. Seasons. Everyone say seasons. Some of you may not like this one. But it happens to all of us. Seasons of testing. Prepares you for testimony. Seasons of testing prepares you for ministry to others that may be going through a test, not maybe the same package that it was came to you, but because you've been through it and you came to out the other side, you have a testimony, but you also have empathy and you have compassion for those that are in the midst of the test. It prepares you. Seasons of testing, when you get through that test, it prepares you for greater endurance. Amen, pastors. Greater endurance, greater stick to greater perseverance. We've all been through some things. Aren't you glad you're through them? You may be going through them right now, but aren't you glad you're going to get through them? And you are going to make it. You are going to go to the other side. Because you got a family here that loves you and stands with you and believes with you. But great tests have brought great testimonies into my life. And it's enabled enabled me to be compassionate to others. That are going through similar things. Look at Romans chapter 5. Romans the 5th chapter. Romans 5 verses 3 through 5. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience or endurance. And patience or endurance brings the experience. The victory. And the experience gives you hope. 
In other words, you endured hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You didn't fall under the pressure, but you stood on the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord brought you through. Hallelujah. And it brings you hope for the future. Listen to this statement. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And then, how many of you know there are seasons of development, the development of a skill? There's seasons of education. There are seasons of of practicing and and learning a skill. Amen? It, it, It might be an instrument. It might be college education like we have some of the girls here tonight. It might be going to a Bible training center. It might be taking a correspondence class. That is the process to get to the product. That is the preparation, amen, that you go through, which is a process to get to, glory to God, what he's prepared for you. Seasons of developing a skill or a talent prepares you for serving and even mentoring, or it could prepare you for a job. Listen to this statement. I love this. Success is where preparation and opportunity meet. Success is where preparation and opportunity meet. I can remember as a little boy, it's it's a little cool, warm in here, but don't turn the air on. I think we're good. I can remember as a little boy in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Minnesota Twins came to Minneapolis in the 60s. And they used to be the old Washington Senators. And the Washington Senators were cellar dwellers. A cellar dweller is a, is a team that is always in last place. They were, they were known as the cellar dwellers. They came from Washington, D.C. D.C. didn't want the senators anymore, so they sent them to Minnesota. They became the twins. And so I can remember as, as a little boy, the New York Yankees coming to town. And those were the days where Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris were playing. And they were always chasing Babe Ruth's record. And I can remember one Friday night being at a game, and I saw Mantle, which was batting right or left-handed that night, and Maris, who I believe batted left-handed all the time, they hit back-to-back home runs. I said all that to say this. I like this quote that Roger Maris gave. He says, you hit home runs not by chance, but by preparation. You hit home runs in life. Not by chance. You become a great doctor, a great lawyer, a great minister. Come on, somebody. A great secretary, a great factory worker. It's not by chance. But it is by preparation. One man said this. Spectacular achievement is always preceded by unspectacular preparation. Now let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I tell you, God's got some awesome things for us. 
God's got some awesome things for these young people here. God's got some awesome things for us older folks. Or we could say it this way, us folks in middle age. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Amplified says it this way, But on the contrary, as the Scripture says, What eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready. He's not only prepared it, but He's keeping it ready for you. Maybe you're a little slow. But he hadn't changed his mind. The gifts and callings of God. The blessings of the Lord. Don't change. We serve a God who don't change. He'll never change his mind on how much he loves you. And how much he wants to do in you and through you. Say it with me. He's prepared things. And he's keeping them ready. To those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits that he has bestowed. I submit to you tonight that I believe that there's a storage locker in heaven for you and me that needs to be claimed. Hallelujah. He's laid up some awesome things for you and me. Now, go over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. You ever heard of a guy by the name of John the Baptist? Why couldn't it have been John the Pentecostal? Luke 1.17. Speaking of John. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, if our eyes could only see. If our eyes could only see. Glory to God. That's why we need to continuously pray. May the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. That we may know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen? Amen. Now notice this. This is a very interesting verse of scripture. Let's read this one together. Luke 1, 17. Ready? Read. And he shall go before him. In the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people. Let's read that last phrase again. To make ready a people. Oh, glory to God. One translation says perfectly prepared in spirit. Adjusted and disposed and placed in the right moral state. What was John the Baptist's message? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. What was one of the greatest messages of the kingdom? One of the greatest messages of the kingdom was repent. Repentance. Glory to God makes you ready. Repentance will prepare you. Not only for the coming of the Lord. Amen. He's coming and he's coming soon. I don't know when, but I know he's coming. He said he was. So what I got to do then is make sure I'm ready. 
And if there's junk in my life, I need to R-E-P-E-N-T. It's a part of the kingdom of God. Now let's translate this over to prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make a highway for God to do the exceeding abundant above all that you can ask or think. Be ready. Be prepared for all that God has got for you. It is not worth letting anything in your life stay that would be an obstacle or a hindrance to his goodness being known. Are you ready for what he wants to do? Or are you still straddling the fence? Are you half in and half out or are you all in? I thought you were. Ronnie says I'm all in. Jesus is coming. So I'm getting ready. I need to be ready. Now I'm going to go through a little list and this, there's no condemnation here, but I, I just dropped by to tell you some things that you need to know. All right. You may not shout about it right now, but glory to God, you act on it. You'll shout about it. I am not prepared or you are not prepared for what God has prepared for us if we're not tithing. How in the world can you be ready for that 18-wheeler to show up at your house if you have not tithed, the windows of heaven are not open. Moving right along. I am not prepared. No one is prepared for what God has prepared for them if they are not a student of God's word. I mean, if God's word, if, if all you're getting on Wednesday night and all you're getting on Sunday morning and Sunday night, if that's all you crack your Bible open to, you are not a candidate. The word of God is daily. Give us this day our daily bread. It is the word is where the power is. The Spirit of God is the power of God. The Word of God contains the very power of God. And if we're never in it, how can we expect? We must love His Word. John 1.14, it says, And the Word was made flesh, and it dwelt among us. You ready for a couple more? I can feel that you're getting something tonight. A person is, listen now, is not prepared for what God has prepared for them if they always have a bad and a sad report. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And the choice is mine to speak faith-filled words daily and to always maintain a good report regardless of how bad it may look. Yes. 
It is a carnal Christian who is always coming up with a sad report. It is a carnal Christian who's always coming up with a bad report. Now, I'm not talking about letting your request be made known, and I'm not talking about never getting counseling or never getting input. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about being negative as a way of life. Negativity will get you into a rut where everything that you see around you has attached to it some sort of negativity. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. I thought we'd end the year out on this one. This is good. Oh, breke shela vrandai. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I've fed you with milk and not with meat, for up till now you were not able to hear it, neither now are you able. For you are carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Now I want you to pull verse 3 up in the Amplified, and I want you to notice that specific verse there of 1 Corinthians 3. It gives us a little bit more clarity on what this is saying. Notice, you are yet unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Look at the next verse, verse 4. Unchanged men, not able to, to talk yet, one translation says. When it says, well, I can talk. No, I'm talking about talking the language of redemption. A person that is constantly leaning and living on the flesh, you follow it, their mouth will be filled with doubt and unbelief and sadness and gloom. So how do we get out of that rut? We get in the Word. And we speak the Word only. When sickness and disease presents itself to our household, here's what we say. We say, thank God Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Thank God I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus became a curse for me. You see, words are containers. They carry either death or life. What do you say we speak life? What do you say we look for the good? What do you say we hold fast to the good? Hold fast to the good word of God. A couple more before we close. A person is not prepared for what God has prepared for them if they're constantly mistreating people. Or if there's unforgiveness in their heart. Or if there's strife. The answer is this. Walk in love. Walk in forgiveness. When strife presents itself to you, glory to God, resist it with every fiber of your being. 
when people are backbiting and talking about people behind their back, just excuse yourself. Go into the bathroom if you have to and shanda la and pray in the Holy Ghost and keep yourself in the love of God. Sometimes people will press you and pressure you to get, they want you to give them your opinion because they want you to side in with them. But a spiritual man and a spiritual person will walk in the love of God and not enter in to the strife zone. Say, well, I ain't entering in to the strife zone. I'm walking in the love zone. Hallelujah. So, there's things you can do before. Like we said Sunday night. What did they do before Jericho's walls fell down? They walked around it six times. And on the seventh day, they followed the instructions of the Lord carefully. And they shouted when it was time to shout. You can prepare yourself before. What did they do in Second Chronicles chapter 20 when the armies of the enemy were trying to besiege them and surround them and to do them in? Here's what they said. Send the praisers out before. Get the praisers to go out before. Hallelujah. And if the praise will go out before, God will open up a door of deliverance for you. Amen. See, that's your part and his part is causing your enemies to be defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas at midnight sang and prayed and they prayed and sang praises to God. That was before. They were prepared. And then God prepared an earthquake for them. You think about Abraham. Abraham had this promise from God. And he said, you are the father of many nations. Don't you know that Abraham had ample opportunity to cast away his confidence? Because he looked at Sarah and he looked at himself, he might have thought, no way. But here's what the Bible says. Here's what Abraham did before Isaac was born. Isaac was what God had prepared for Abraham. But Abraham had to process the plan of God out before Isaac was born. The Bible says when all natural hope was gone, Abraham plugged in to supernatural hope. Abraham refused to consider his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He didn't stagger, he didn't consider, and he didn't lose his hope. Listen, friends, there's a lot of hopeless situations that will present themselves to you. But you've got something to consider. I said, you've got someone to consider. Hallelujah. And if you'll consider him, you won't have to stagger. And so when, a, when, a, when something looks hopeless... I want to exhort you to keep your hopes alive and let the Spirit of God 
bring you your Isaac. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the Spirit of God cause the walls to fall. Let the Spirit of God cause all those dead bodies. Hallelujah. All around you. Everyone shouted, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight?